Hello and welcome to the What and Fintech podcast. I'm your host Tarun Gupta and our guest today is Alex Zinder, the global head of Ledger Enterprise. Alex joined Ledger Enterprise in March 2021 after spending almost two decades in capital markets technology. Alex was previously at Nasdaq where he was a director of global software development and held the role of AVP Enterprise Architecture. Alex has more than 15 years of experience in driving the adoption of emerging technologies in financial services companies and for the past 7 years he has focused on distributed systems and digital assets. Join me as we explore Ledger's pioneering offerings in web3 hardware and software, Alex's experience of leading a high growth startup, the web3 ecosystem in Europe, potential impact of regulatory changes on Ledger's growth plans and much more. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey Alex, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. How are you, and where are you calling from? Hi, Tarang, and thank you so much for having me. I'm calling in from Paris, so it's uh, it's about afternoon. I'm coming close to finishing my week, and it's been an exciting week so far. But uh, things are well. Really excited to be on with you. So, what's a Friday evening like in Paris? Ah, uh, well, today was a little bit of a of a rainy day, so I'm hopeful for a nice, clear uh, evening. uh you know i bike bike to the office so i'm i'm excited to bike back home over the sand and uh, over the, the beautiful uh streets and architecture and paris has been extremely lively uh this september so far so it's uh lots of people on the street i don't think the the french are ready to give up on the summer yet i love that so let's dive right in for our listeners who may not know could you give a overview of your career and how you got involved in fintech uh sure well that's that's an interesting one i I'm going to be showing my age a little bit, but uh, I started uh, relatively early. So I'm a, I'm an engineer uh, by trading. So I started my career uh, coding, uh, and I was really coming up in the dot com bubble. So I was a firsthand witness uh, in my late teens to the emergence of the the Web one era, right? Uh, so my first job was as a web engineer for a company that was simulating uh, brokerage trading activity. uh for the masses so we were working with companies like e-trade money.com and others to allow their retail audience to do simulated trading competitions where they would be given a certain amount of uh dollars in a portfolio and then after a month uh the top performers would be given prizes and some of the prizes were let's say $100,000 in a real e-trade trading account uh and that was a model for the online brokerages to get people more accustomed to their user interfaces get people more accustomed to trading and attract new audiences uh so that was a pretty cool model i was there for about 2 years i think i was the eighth employee through the door uh the company grew to about 50 people we were talking about going public and then the dot com bubble burst uh so i kind of saw the you know very early in my career saw the full roller coaster of uh, uh of a bubble and the emergence of web 1 as a you know as a trend which was super exciting Uh after that uh I kind of stuck around uh in engineering uh I evolved my skill set and um relatively early in my 20s joined Nasdaq uh as they were starting to really look at adoption of web and mobile strategies uh so they were really excited about um web and mobile and uh, during that time which was uh you know early 2000s uh majority of the trading used to happen on terminals so desktop terminals right uh uh in many cases a lot of the back office stuff was still um 
running on mainframes, right? So relatively legacy technology stack. Uh, and what we did was really help NASDAQ evolve their mobile and their web strategy. And we built low latency trading platforms for the web, uh, which was a very interesting experience. I spent about 12 years at NASDAQ, had a ton of different experiences, uh, an amazing place to kind of grow up and develop your skill sets, a lot of variety and diversity and different things that we did. Uh, my later uh, stages in NASDAQ, I was responsible primarily for emerging tech and was working with a wide range of global customers uh, in capital markets to help them evolve their cloud adoption strategy, then got really into um, distributed systems, including DLT, distributed ledger technology, and I uh, got very interested in crypto from there. That was all happening in New York. At a certain point, I decided that 12 years was long enough. Uh, and uh, decided to leave New York, move to Europe, spend about two years in Zurich, developing my own advisory practice around kind of crypto and distributed platforms. I uh, helped um, the Six Digital Exchange get off the ground in Zurich, uh, built out their architecture team and their technology platform, and then finally decided that it was time to dive in deep into the crypto scene and uh, have, been, have been at Ledger for the last year and a half in Paris. Amazing. So can you talk to me about Ledger and the services the company offers across hardware, software, retail, B2B, the entire ecosystem? Yeah, absolutely. And this is really why I kind of jumped at the opportunity when when Ledger came knocking at the door. Uh, The diversity of the capabilities that this company has is something that I haven't seen in the past. And it was super excited for me to, uh, uh, to come in and join the organization. Uh, so Ledger has been around for, for a very long time and is probably best known for the Ledger hardware wallet, the Nano. Uh, you know, most of the people that I talk to in the crypto ecosystem are very familiar uh, with the device. Uh, it's the best known hardware wallet in the ecosystem. The Ledger has sold about 5 million of those uh, globally. Uh, we're continuing to, to grow that as, as a business and it's a well-established brand. So it's, uh, it's been around for about eight years. Now, uh, so that's the core, that's the core of the offering, right? So Ledger was really built on the foundation that the current security models that we have on our digital devices, so your cell phone, your laptop, so all of the things that you're using to interact with Web2 today do not have sufficient security and controls in place to help you interact with Web3 and digital value, right? That was the original hypothesis. It was proven to be right. Uh, and this is why we have over 5 million users now. Uh, we have uh, 15 to 20% of all crypto uh, is custodied on a Ledger product, which is, which is an incredible percentage. Uh, so the concept has really stuck. Uh, another um, very strong belief at Ledger right, is that Web3 and, and crypto in general are all about self-sovereignty and self-custody. Uh, and that gives you certain freedoms. But, you know, to have self-custody as a capability, there is a bit of an investment that needs to happen. You do need that extra level of security. And then you as an individual need to take responsibility, right, and ownership of your own assets. And with that, you know, a little bit of that extra cost, which we're working diligently to make as seamless and streamlined as possible, both from a user experience and an onboarding perspective. With that, you really get financial freedom and access to this brand new ecosystem of Web3 services, uh, both around financial services uh, and brand new use cases with NFTs and metaverse and and the wide range of new things to come that uh, are use cases that have not been fully fleshed out or we may not even have thought about yet. Uh, So that has really been the, the genesis and the retail side of Ledger. 
Uh, as the ecosystem evolved over the years, and we've seen a tremendous growth in crypto over the last four years, uh, we like to kind of talk about the, the three different dimensions of scale. Uh, we've seen a tremendous influx in scale of value, right? So, you know, the, the value of all the different networks uh, and all of the crypto assets that are out there has gone up drastically, even though we've seen a little bit of a pullback, but that's just temporary. Uh, the second scale uh, dimension of scale that we generally talk about is the scale of complexity, right? And that's more in the last two years. We had a tremendous growth in layer one networks, layer two networks, you know, a variety of, uh, you know, DeFi and DApp use cases, you know, tons of things with, with NFTs and, and, other, um, and other tokens. The token ecosystem has really blown up uh, drastically. But with all of that comes a significant level of complexity. Uh, right. And all of that complexity has to be managed and has to be properly secured. And then the third uh, dimension of scale is operational scale. Right. So now the movement is totally global. Uh, it's completely follow the sun. Crypto never sleeps. And uh, individuals and, uh, you know, the next generation of users such as yourself want access all the time. Right. Zero disruption on demand, real time today. Right. So the demand vector for these types of services is changing drastically. Uh, and what we've observed being part of this ecosystem on the retail side is that the current organizations and companies and producers of value are not really equipped to manage those three dimensions of scale sufficiently when it comes to Web3 and when it comes to crypto. So we've really been able to leverage our experience on the retail side with a wide retail audience and being really part of the community of the crypto community and part of the crypto scene to understand what are some of the major pain points that organizations that want to participate in the ecosystem are also experiencing. And the, the synthesis of that has been Ledger Enterprise, which I uh, currently am responsible for. And there we have a very similar foundation of Ledger on the retail side, right, which is protecting crypto, right, and making sure we introduce security and scale it for wide adoption. But we do that for organizations. We do that for teams. Uh, so we enable secure governance, we protect their keys, and we give them operational controls, we give them the right support, uh, we give them the right follow-the-sun technical account support and the client success vectors that they need to manage to build products at scale for retail audiences in the crypto ecosystem. So talk to me a bit more about leading such a diversified company that's building for the future, right? What attracted you to Ledger in the first place? What do you see yourself accomplishing in this role? And how is this experience different from working for NASDAQ? It's a great question. Uh, so, I mean, Ledger specifically, what, what really uh, you know, keeps me engaged and excited is the diversity of different use cases and capabilities. So you mentioned, you know, Ledger really is unique. And I, I'm a technologist, right? So for me, uh, it is the first time I've ever been in a company that has hardware, firmware, and software capabilities all in one wrapped up towards a security offering. Uh, it is, it's a super unique thing. It's a very diverse technical capability and one that you can basically manage and plug and play into such a wide range of different use cases that every day is something new, which is incredibly exciting. And also, you know, it was very important for me to be part of an evolving and growing community uh, based on next generation technology. Right. So Web3 is really a technical uh, capability, right, that unlocked 
uh, social change and the new kind of model for these developing communities where value is really part of the equation from the genesis. Uh, and that to me is also super exciting to be a part of individually, right? As a, you know, as an individual, I, I love participating in these communities and working for Ledger puts me in a position where I don't only just get to play with them. Uh, we also have the ability to power them, help them and help them grow and scale. So that has been, uh, that has been an incredible experience for me. Uh, the differentiation with NASDAQ is, um, is interesting, right? So NASDAQ was an incredibly great place to grow up uh, and build your skill set. Uh, because it's a well-known brand uh, and also a company that grew rapidly while I was there, uh, I had the opportunity to do a lot of different things and, and really understand the, the financial ecosystem uh, as that exists today. So why, you know, why are certain things designed the way they are? Why do we have intermediaries in the financial ecosystem? What is a broker? You know, how do all these things come together? Uh, and there's a lot of models uh, in the traditional financial systems that are really very much applicable to the world of crypto today. Uh, so I'm still leveraging a lot of that uh, experience and a lot of that knowledge in my in my job. In my later years at NASDAQ, where I was focused on emerging technology and some of these new use cases, uh, the challenge really was, and maybe it wasn't so much of a challenge, it was just a perspective. But when you're looking at new technology from a position of an existing successful company, you're trying to think about how do I change my existing processes? How do I adjust my current stack? to work with these new technologies. So you're, you're thinking about replacing, right? You're thinking about uh, reimagining and recreating existing capabilities. Uh, whereas at Ledger, because Ledger is the fundamental part of this new ecosystem, of this new development, you're getting to do that from the inside. So in my current role, I'm no longer thinking about, you know, how do I replace market infrastructure with distributed tech, right? How do I make settlement more efficient with real-time settlement because it's on the blockchain? I'm thinking about how do I help companies protect their Bitcoin, protect their Ethereum? How do I empower people to create liquid, liquid staking models and capabilities that are both secure, reliable, and efficient? Uh, so the, the context really changes. You're not trying to replace the existing with the new. What you're really trying to do is an empower a growing ecosystem uh, and help it evolve and help it scale, which is a very different paradigm and one that I'm very excited to be a part of. Talking about securing crypto assets, right? How does Ledger select the crypto assets it, want to, it, it wants to support on its system? That's a great question. Uh, we work with the communities primarily. So we're very much community driven. We have a very strong developer community uh, and we're ingrained uh, in the ecosystem itself. So we have primarily two, two factors. Uh, on the enterprise side, you know, we're, we're a business, right? Uh, so, you know, we, we sell our services. So customer demand uh, plays a heavy factor. And uh, the AUM of the network itself plays a, plays a heavy factor, right? The larger the network, the larger the usage, generally the bigger the AUM. Uh, and that becomes a bigger addressable market for us. So we will, we will prioritize that in that regard. But we definitely combine that with more kind of strategic outlook of developer engagement. When we see certain networks pick up very large uh, developer interest, uh, when we see very heavy usage, or where we see new exciting use cases like NFTs with Polygon and, and, and others, uh, we definitely gravitate towards that because primarily our focus uh, and our vision is to empower 
the developer ecosystem around these networks. Uh, because if we're able to do that and help the entire ecosystem scale, it is a tide that raises all ships, right, as we like to say. Uh, so we definitely invest into that. And then in some areas, we're more selective uh, around AUM and the, and the size of the network itself. Something I wondered is that what sets Ledger apart from its competitors, right? Crypto, you know, has been an up and down journey and there have been companies that are doing well and now are not doing so well. But with Ledger, it has been sort of a consistent growth. So what really sets you apart? Is just the tech that you build or is something more? Another another amazing question. So these, these are these are great uh, to to uh, to discuss. There's a, a lot of differentiation, but one thing that I think is you know makes Ledger really stand out is that we've really focused and continued to execute on the same value proposition since the beginning of the company, right? And and that value proposition, if I were to synthesize it very clearly, is really security, and then we do it at scale. Uh, so the, the genesis with the hardware device and our ability to secure the individual and give self-sovereignty and freedoms to people when it comes to managing their crypto has been the original genesis. And that has resonated very strongly with the community and with the audience. Uh, and really, nobody has really been able to crack that uh, you know, outside of Ledger. There, there are a few providers in the space, but uh, you know. The, the wide adoption that we're able to reach, that scale aspect is what really differentiates us. So the security was critical to get right and do correctly. Uh, and now we're investing very heavily into the scalability and the wider adoption uh, of that security you know, premise and promise and, and model. And then we're also very much unique uh, in the regard that we have both a retail and an institutionally focused offering. So we're in a very interesting position where we bring security and governance and predictability to both sides of the equation with the consumer side of the business and then the value creation, the producer side of the business. So we really do offer a unique value proposition in how, you know, somebody that's creating NFTs, you know, a well-known artist like Artifact or, or others can engage with their user base, right, and do it in a very secure, predictable way where nobody gets compromised, there's zero hacks, and, uh, and everybody has a good positive experience. Talking of growth, no company can grow without the right people. So my next question is, is Ledger hiring? If yes, where can one apply and what is that you look for? That's a, that's a great question. Uh, so you know, Ledger has been growing uh, rapidly uh, over the last over the last four years. We're uh, we're a strong uh, strong brand, strong company. We're a cash flow positive company, uh, and uh, we definitely have been recruiting very heavily. Currently, we're uh, we've basically hired quite a few people in the beginning of this year. Uh, we're continuing to grow. Um, right now, we're being very, very selective given the existing market conditions. We want to be prudent and we want to make sure that we're in a good position to be very successful and continue to build. Uh, so definitely go explore the website. We have a tremendous amount of educational materials. Uh, we're starting new um, educational uh, capabilities with Ledger Quest, uh, where you're actually able to uh, you know, receive NFTs and engage with the community and, and how you learn about crypto and the different capabilities. I uh, would love to share that more widely with, with your audience. So definitely go explore the website, uh, engage with our learning materials, uh, interact with our developer community. Uh, we have people dedicated uh, to uh, working with developers. We have a fully functional SDK. Uh, go and explore how you can build on Ledger. And then come talk to us. 
would also love to get your opinion on the industry overall. Within Web3, do you think there are certain segments, certain trends that will really catch pace in the next three to five years? Are there certain segments that you think are kind of your bearish on in general? Yes, I think it's worth mentioning that there's been a specific trend which I am personally and uh, and Ledger is more holistically extremely excited about. Uh, what we have seen in the industry, as I mentioned before, over the last four years is that drastic growth in value and complexity. Uh, and a lot of that has been due to, uh, you know, a lot of trading activity, a lot of DeFi um, activity, and to a certain extent, a large amount of arbitrage, uh, which are great uh, for, for learning. They're great for liquidity. These are important things to continue to fuel the economy of crypto. Uh, but uh, they're not fundamentally building value. Uh, right. So it's, it's, they're somewhat differentiated concepts. Both are very, uh, very important. But for me, it's been personally very rewarding to observe the movement of crypto into the value creation mechanisms that we've seen more recently. Uh, you know, I think tokenization is going to continue to grow and, and emerge, and we're going to see a lot of digitization, uh, around the currently physical assets. Uh, the NFT space is extremely excited. Um, Ledger has been doing tremendously well with the launch of Ledger Marketplace and, and, and how we're participating in that ecosystem. Uh, we're super excited to be empowering a wide range of different creators, artists, and, and other partners in building drops, right, and, and building communities uh, with, their, with their fans and with their collectors. Uh, so th- those parts uh, of the ecosystem I'm very much specifically excited about. And I like the gravitational shift from uh, value trading, right, and value arbitrage into more fundamental value creation, which are the long-term patterns that we are extremely bullish about. Amazing. For my last segment, uh, what I like to do is ask a bit of rapid-fire questions to introduce you more as an individual, as a person to our listeners. (laughs) My first question is, Paris or New York? Paris. Why? Great question. Uh, A variety of different reasons. I love French food and I love the architecture. New York is uh, extremely dense and that makes it super interesting. Uh, Paris has a slightly more relaxed atmosphere and the the architecture and just ability to walk around is a lot lot higher, which is what I prefer. Do you personally own any NFTs and do you participate in staking or yield farming? I do. I do all of the above. I have to test our own software. So, you know, at Ledger, we're, we're very much uh, crypto focused and uh, definitely engage with the communities and then test everything that we do ourselves. So, yeah, absolutely. If you could go back in time, let's say 10 or 20 years, what advice would you give yourself? Advice to give myself 20 years ago. You know, this is, this is a good one, actually. I've been, I've been having a conversation with one of our engineers recently uh, around the time spent in the ledger and the, the, the pace of innovation and, and how, we, how we generally go about our daily lives uh, in this company, which is, which is very exciting. And there's always conflicting priorities and you're constantly trying to improve and trying to go faster. And uh, I forget the name of the, of the cyclist, but there's a relatively famous French cyclist which my, uh, one of my engineering friends was, was quoted, quoting to me. And he said a very simple, uh, very simple statement. And the quote that resonated with me, uh, it basically goes something like this. It doesn't get easier. It just gets faster. 
which is an like interesting me. quote. Yeah, if I knew that 20 years ago, I probably would have structured my life a little bit differently. Yeah, so I think we should not expect an easy life. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be boring. Fair enough. What advice would you give to, you know, young graduates or people in college who don't come from a technical background but want to get involved in depth three? So for me, for engineering people, it might be a straightforward path. For someone who's studying business or psychology or economics, it might not be as clear. Very, very true. Uh, but I think it's a bit of a misconception, to be honest with you. I think crypto in general is, uh, you know, it was a technical genesis, right? Like a lot of things, like the internet, for example, right? But the actual outcomes and the actual scalability and the actual change that's going to come out of this, I think, has much more social impact than it does technical impact. So I would say probably two things of advice. One is befriend an engineer and take the time with them to understand, right? But definitely apply the different lens to it, right? Because to me, crypto is about globalization. Crypto is about social freedoms. Uh, and it's not a solution to a technical problem at all. It's a solution to a geopolitical problem. Uh, so there is a wide range of uh, capabilities that will require a tremendous amount of attention from the next generation to make this work uh, and make this work productively for the global economy and for just the global outlook in general. On that note, I'll let you go back to work, working on the Web3 evolution. But thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was great to have you here. Thank you so much, sir. Pleasure to talk to you and I uh, hope to do this again soon. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Wart in Fintech podcast. If you like the show, then please show us some love on social media or consider leaving a review. It means a lot to us and helps spread the word to more listeners. If you want more content from our fintech community, please subscribe to our podcast and find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Medium at Wharton Fintech. There you will find interviews, articles, videos, and much more analyzing all aspects of the industry. As always, special thanks to our editor, Rafael Osteria. Signing off until next time, I'm your host, Tarang Gupta. Gupta.